Here we go. Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Natty T, Coach Pace, and Coach Murph. We got a jam-packed show, as always, and there's always some people that you look at like, you know, you could do better than them. They should just sit down, or they need to go. They got to be fired, and that's where Coach Pace comes into play because he's going to tell us who's on his hot seat, who needs to be benched, who needs to be fired, who do you got for us this week, Coach Pace? Hey, man, um, I got two of them for y'all this week. We need to take a close look at uh, Mr. Matthew Stafford. Oh, I'm calling, I'm calling him out right now, okay? And it's not just because – actually, it is just because. I'm about to be honest with y'all. The last two weeks, he stinks. He's mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Way too many turnovers. We should have beat uh, – who did, I don't even know who he played last week. You don't even actually. We should have beat San Fran, but he was. I don't know what he was doing. Um, the week before, he threw two straight picks. One of them was a pick six. The other one might as well have been a pick six. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at Buddy like, all right, when expectations come into play, man. Listen, here we go. Here we go. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I'm not liking what I was seeing at all. And I'm. I'm looking at Sean McVay a little funny too. Um, just because I personally don't, I'm not a fan of the let's run it zone and then play action off everything. I don't know why it just, the way they have it going, it just seems a little too predictable mm. at this point in time. And I feel like people have figured them out are starting to figure them out a little bit. So I'm like, Sean, you need to, you know, instead of lining up in, you know, a single eye or, whatever he likes to line up in, like, can we get some shotgun? Can we get some creativeness? Mm-hmm. Supposed to be this offensive guru, but, you know, I'm not I'm not really seeing it right now. All you do is throw the Cooper Cup, which is great, but you got Van Jefferson. You, you had Robert Woods, and you didn't use him properly, if you ask me. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, and now you got Odell. So we're going to see what he do with Odell, but Stafford right now, I'm looking at you funny. Man, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm looking at him real funny. That's a good. So, be for those of you that have stayed up with the show, you know Coach Pace is a Rams fan. So this 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 is objectivity at its finest right here. Right? Okay, so he's a Rams fan. Now Odell Beckham only got maybe what twelve to fifteen snaps last week. Do you think that they should have played him more? Um, I know it takes a while to adjust to the playbook, but like how. Like when you need to just throw the ball up on a post route, like do you really need to have practice? I'm gonna be honest with you. You need the reps because you know it's a it's a timing league. But I'm be honest with you. If you ain't getting no production out of anybody outside of Cooper Cup, and you got Odell Beckham Jr. on your sideline, I'm like at this point you put him in and you just be like, hey Odell, you gotta you gotta slant, mm-hmm. or Odell, you gotta sit. And Odell can adjust to the coverage. Like, okay, let's just say they in the zone coverage, and he's like, all right, I got I got this route. I'm about to play it this way. Boom. You know, it it takes timing, but at the same time, when you get blasted, it's like, all right, bro. The only, the best way to get some reps is in-game reps. And right now, y'all get boosted. So, I mean, hey. Yeah, I think it's like – the way I kind of look at it is it just shows that Matthew Stafford is, I mean, his arm talent is undeniable, but 
I feel like his ability of using it and IQ isn't there because, I mean, you can see, like, there's some players, like, you can expect, like, Brady, he doesn't need that much time. You know, I can run a couple plays with you. And then he also has a – also, it's a leadership thing. Like, he know Helm, Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, they knew how to be like, hey, this is what I need you to do. Um, and just kind of, like, take authority. But I feel like Stafford is, like, a bit passive, kind of like a – kind of like a cutler, like a Jay Cutler, where it's just kind of like, uh, you know, it is what it is, but I have, I have talent. I can make it work, but you know, just go with the flow. So I don't think he has like the courage to be like, Hey, no, Odell, I need you to do this. I think he's like probably scared to approach him in that type of way. Cause I mean, you even saw with Deshaun Jackson, like out of all the teams that Deshaun, like I'm a big Deshaun Jackson fan. He's one of my favorite players in the league and literally every team he's been on, Matthew Stafford is the only one that really struggled when it came to timing. Kevin Cobb didn't have a problem. Mike Vick. I mean, whoever the who was the quarterback in Washington when he was there? Oh, again, um, was it McNabb? No, nah, uh, Fitzpatrick. He didn't even have a problem. Uh, and then it was Winston too. But I mean, he was just overthrowing everybody here and there. But like <laughs> nobody really struggled except for. Matthew Stafford so I just think it's just his inability to to take authority and tell people or tell the receivers what he wants out of them and just more so he's just like I'll adjust but as a quarterback everything you're the engine everything comes off of you so you just have to be like hey you got to do this and then we'll succeed Coach Knight what are you thinking no I mean uh I mean, he hasn't played well the past few weeks. I, I kind of put that on uh, McVay a little bit, but I <laughs> I picked the 49ers to win last week just because, well, I, it's tough because I think with Odell being there, I think they probably forced him in the rotation a bit too much. I put that on McVay a little bit because I think he was trying to like, kind of take a shot at the Browns, if you will. Like, yeah, we got Odell. Look what I'm going to do with him on the first game. It's like, dude, like, he got there two days, like, the Saturday. Like, just – I don't like, even know why he traveled, if you ask me. Like, I, I mean, like, if you're going to, like, throw some slants, a little end arounds, maybe return a punt or two, but, like, why are you throwing a deep pass to Odell, like, two days into it? Like, that just – It's because – it's what he didn't mention. I don't know if y'all saw or heard, but, like, but when they got him – uh, Sean McVay was saying like back in like 2014 or whatever he's like I was already like writing up plays for Odell you know hoping like he was on the team so I think he was just like oh this is going to be exactly what I've been envisioning for years and but just missed the fact that chemistry is a big key you can't just force it it just has to happen organically so and that's what he's trying to do that just gives me more conviction in why I put it more on McVay because I just think that he's just trying to like show that off. That makes a sense. Bit. Yeah. I also um, feel like, bro, all you got to do is talk to Odell. For some odd reason, I feel like all you got to do, if you're the quarterback, you be like, "Hey, Odell, I need you to do this." Like Odell, everybody is scared of like his personality or what the media makes out him yeah. him out to be. But at the end of the day, if you just walk up to him like a man and be like, "Hey, Odell, this is what." 
I need from you? I need to, can we run some extra routes? He'd be like, okay. I don't know what it is. I just, well, let me, let me ask, because you're the, you're the, the resident Rams fan here. I want to ask you. So kind of talked about it a little bit last week, because I, as much as I like Odell, Hmm. I think the reality is, you know, unfortunately, it's, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the people in the NFL and, you know, what they think about Odell. And as much as I like the move of him coming to your team, you know, especially from a city standpoint, because, you know, certain people are just not meant to be in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, like Odell is one of those people. <laughs> like he needs to be in New York, L.A., you know what I mean? So yeah. I love that. But I'm fearful that he's kind of going to be a victim of his own celebrity in a way. Cause I feel like for it to work, like they have to at least get to the Super Bowl and he has to ball out. It can't be the other way around or else he's going to get pushed to the side. Cause even if he plays well and the Rams don't do well, you're going to be like, well, you know, they were doing okay before Odell got here, whether fair or unfair, you know, I feel like, it's it's a situation that he's being put in where it's kind of unfair. It's kind of like is he's in somewhat of a no-win situation. So I, I wanted to hear your perspective on it because that's just as a um, guy that likes Odell, that's what I'm fearful fearful of for him is that like he's going to be put in this no-win situation. I mean, he's always going to be in a no-win situation because that's how LeBron was for the longest period of time, and. I don't, I don't think they're on the same level as in, like, you know, cachet or anything like that. But I feel like when it comes to Odell, it's like perfect example. You know who makes the most money off Odell and LeBron James? Skip Bayless. Why? Because he's a hater. The, the only thing Skip Bayless does every time he brings up Odell, well, back in 2014 when Odell made the catch and, uh, and rambles on about that or – same thing with LeBron. He goes, well, back in, you know, 07 when Brian went against the uh, Spurs. Like, he holds all this. And, like, I feel like everything is media-driven, 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 media-driven. And if you go out excluding Baker, because Baker's his own worst enemy in itself. Excluding Baker, anybody that's been with Odell says, oh, Odell, great teammate, great person to be around, great this, great that. Like, he babysitted, like, back in New York, he babysitted somebody's kids, like, when they went on vacations for, like, weeks on end. And you ask Cleveland players, they're like, Odell? Odell helped us run routes. He would stay after the coaches, yada, 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 give us tips. And it's like, I feel like everything is media-driven. Because um, if you communicate with Odell and you don't underthrow him when he's wide open for, open for touchdowns like some people do. <laughs> I think everything can be fine. It's just communicate. Really, it's just communication at the end of the day. I just feel like we, everybody just has this negative connotation about Odell, just like they have a negative connotation with LeBron. But LeBron is LeBron. So, do you think he has to sort of ball in terms of well, I'm saying in terms of on field production? Because I agree with you in terms of his personality, but I think you got to design plays for him. You got to get him like one to two catches per quarter just for him to stay in cage. And they do that with Cooper Cup all the time. So I th- I really think it's feasible. Like Coop, Coop averages like, what, eight, nine catches a game? Like that's – you can – Cup's you can, a bad boy. I don't, I don't 
as much as I like Odell right now, Cooper Cup's a better receiver. I mean, well, yeah. I, I feel like he's just in a better situation. Because, no, I mean, yeah, you, but... you're with Stafford the whole season and you're with Baker the whole season. It's just like – like he has the injury bug and all that stuff. But I feel like when it comes down to it, I mean, of course, availability is the best ability. But yeah. both healthy – Coop is great. And he's definitely, you know, outshining a lot of receivers. But Odell is smoking. Though. I think I think talent-wise, Odell is better. But – just situational, I'm going to say Coop because, I mean, because look how they use Coop. Coop is in the slot. He's the second receiver out. He's outside receiver. Uh, he'll come in the backfield. He'll block. I mean, Coop, they might mess around on a five-receiver set, and they have four receivers. He might be the most inside guy. Like, they get mismatches for Coop. Like, that's why he's yeah. so productive. They design plays for, like, Coop to get open. And his route running is ex- is exceptional. So yeah. with Odell, I feel like you could do the same thing. People just don't like – I don't know what it is, but it's like, bro, if you want somebody to succeed, you put them in the best position to succeed. Cooper Cup is in the best position to succeed because they move him around. Like you can't you, – you can follow somebody on them, but guess what? They're going to run some rub routes and get, you know, somebody else on them. Or he's going to be butt naked open. So it's like – well, that's kind of that's how I look at it because of if you look at, you know, Odell for his past year or since he's been in the league, he had Eli. And outside of that playoff game where Eli was balling, but all the receivers, you know, was still in Miami mentally. That's what I'm saying. Stuff he was on. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I, I mean, because, again, I, I'm with you guys. I like Odell. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just playing a little devil's advocate. I just think yeah, no. at the end of the day, like the production matters. Yeah, and uh, and I hate to go back to that playoff game, but my man had drops, bro. Like, like, and like that. That yeah, and that's bad. That's going forever be on his resume. But like outside of, but after that, you know, Eli wasn't Eli after that. So he had the back end of Eli. Then he went to a run heavy offense in Cleveland with Baker, who's hit or miss as a passer. Mm -hmm. So like his situations has always been messed up since that playoff game. So it's just like. He never truly had a opportunity to redeem himself, and also in between there's his injuries. But it's just like it's he the never. Same with Cam. It's literally the same thing with Cam. Cam yeah, yeah. magnificent season, terrible Super Bowl. Von Miller did his thing. Like we actually need to give Cam some leeway because that uh, Broncos defense was like historically great. So, and you can tell because I mean you know Peyton didn't do anything. <laughs> it, was, it was literally the so defense. Like, so like. People have that Super Bowl image stuck in their head. Mm-hmm. Same with Odell. They got that playoff image stuck in their head. And it's like, well, Cam hasn't been the same since. I'm like, also, Cam hasn't had a number one since then. Uh, the only thing he's really had since then is Greg Olson and Christian McCaffrey. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're really not doing nothing on offense if, you know, your 6'6", 250-pound quarterback is take, taking them ass whooping every week excuse my French because he was getting hammered every single week like there were virtually almost every week every other week where we looking at calls like bro so y'all not gonna call that like they head hunting mm-hmm. and so I think it's the same with Od- Odell it's like we have this image but we don't acknowledge like all right he was playing with Baker yeah that's not great 
let's see what he does now when he actually has a QB and an offensive guru. Until yeah. then, I just kind of leave the whole Odell thing alone. Yeah. No, I'm listen, I'm I'm with you guys. Again, my my concern or worry is for him is that you know, we're midway through the season. And like you guys said, you kind of need a little bit of that chemistry to have it work. Mm-hmm. So I that's what I mean. Like I feel like he's it's good because he's not in Cleveland anymore. But at the same time, I would have loved to have seen this happen at the beginning of the season where he could have like really had a chance to really gel and they could have like really had, you know, something put together for him other yeah. than this like, you know, in the vault playbook that Sean McVay supposedly has. That's, that's, <laughs> you know? uh, and then, and, that's the problem. And then again, for me, I'm just worried for him. And again, like, I agree with you guys because I'm on your side in terms of the perspective of Odell is unfair and, you know, the Skip Bayless nonsense. But perception is reality, man. And, you know, the, those people around, those NFL execs, these are the mm-hmm. people that make the decisions on bringing players in. And it's like at the end of the day, the Giants said, you know what, as much as the Giants suck, that's still an NFL franchise that said, you know what, Odell, we're good. As much as I blame Baker, Cleveland said, you know what, Baker, or you know what, Odell, we're good. And I'm just worried, like, if he doesn't really make a huge impact, you know, I'm worried the Rams may be like, Odell, like, nah, he's a great person, but eh. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about for him. Because yeah. he's just – he's already unfairly undudged that, like, it's almost like it has to be perfect for him to really, like, get back to where he was before. So that's what I'm worried about for yeah, him. Yeah, because if it doesn't work out here, I think this is – That's what I'm saying. And it's a, it's a tough task, man. I mean, listen, it's, it's midway through the season and you just drop Odell in L.A. Like, that's – I mean, that's a tough task to ask for anybody. To I wish they would have signed him for, like, a two-year deal, honestly, so we could actually see – I would love it. Yeah, I would love to see him do that, too. But I think it was telling that they were like, well, we'll do it on a we'll sign you for the rest of the year and see what happens. Yeah, I think that I think that was BS. I think they should have signed him for two years. And I blame the Browns for not getting rid of him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, because that that was that was stupid. Yeah, the should have hey, my other one, because I know y'all want to talk about this guy. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. My other one, Anthony Davis, bro. Yeah. Anthony Davis, bro. I'm sorry. We got to hey. I don't care. He's hooping right now, but I'm not. Top 75 player of all time. Man, listen. (laughs) Hey, who said it best? If Anthony Davis right now retired, guess what? He's still not better than Dwight Howard. T-Mac said it. That was my boy T-Mac. He was just like, there's no way you compare their – you compare their seasons and history. Like, everybody has recency bias. Like, everybody just thinks of Dwight. And his goofy self. Nobody wants to remember what he was in Orlando. That six, seven year period. That's yeah, enough right there. That, that's that's enough right there. And I just think it's the that's antics and the, the goofiness. And that's what I mean, that's what I hate. And that's the same thing that played a role in, you know, T.O. getting into the Hall of Fame when he deserved to. It's so media driven. Everybody want to say like, oh, look at the stats. But when it comes down to it, they're like, oh, well, I mean, he wasn't the media darling. We wanted him. Because everybody still addresses Shaq when he was in Orlando. They don't like, yeah, they talk about his Lakers when he runs the champ, uh, where he got those championships, and then even in Miami, but they still talk about the how he was in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So 
they don't they they put some respect on the white. I'm gonna just, just stop coloring his hair too. But let me just say this about AD, man. Listen, I'm you not. I can't throw you on somebody that don't really got a jumper. He got a jumper now, but he don't really got a jumper and put 47 on your head. And you supposed to be my best defensive player? You put 47 on your head? 47. And you had measly points. Just to spell it out for our listeners here, what Coach Pace is referring to is – 47? Played the Bucks. Giannis, 18 out of 23 from the field. In 36 minutes, dropped 47, 9, and 3. Anthony Davis – um, he was three or four from from the three point line too. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Davis played thirty seven minutes, nine for fifteen, zero for one from the three point line, nine rebounds, four assists. So that he only got eighteen points. So the man you guarding got forty seven. Hmm. You got eighteen with no LeBron, but you're supposed to take the torch of the team. Come on now, talk to him, James. So I, I, listen, overrated. Better than that, maybe. overrated. I'm saying it now. Overrated. He, he's a he's about to be in real bad shape because you know when Bron is on his way at his exit and it ends up being AD and Russ. Russ is about to run that man right out the building because he mm-hmm. he doesn't have that dog in him. And Russ is going to be like, you know, I'm here. This is my city. I always wanted to be here. And mm-hmm. then we already saw he got KD out of out of OKC, they Harden want him out. Like, it's just mm. – Russ is about to run that man out out of the building. Yeah, listen. AD, AD, I can't, bro. I can't stand AD. I can't stand him. I can't, I can't stand him, bro. I, I, oh, my God. He's so much potential. He, like, he has all-world talent, and you – it's like, he didn't go drop. He dropped 35 and like 14 against a mediocre team and then go against somebody of his caliber and get boogied on. Like, ah. Yeah, like I, um, my problem with Anthony Davis has always been just his mentality, I would say, because listen, some nights you're not going to have it. Some nights you're going to miss your shots and that's, that's, that's fine. And it was, and if it was one of those nights against, the Bucks, okay, like whatever. You're just missing your shots, but to me, it, it's just a mentality thing. Because as we've all said, I mean, he's supremely talented, and really, when you look at it, he should be at least in his mind. He should play like he's the best player on the floor, even when LeBron's out there. Yeah, like when AD needs to be like, listen, man, I'm the best player on the planet. I don't care what nobody says. Even if that may sound preposterous, but that's what that's how he has to think and that's how he has to play. And he just doesn't do it. There's this nice where he's just like, eh. Y'all might not like this. I ain't gonna say, I ain't gonna lie to you. But at this point in time, Anthony Davis should be better than LeBron James. No, he Here. should be. Yeah, he should be. And no. he's not even close. No. Like it's not even close. No. Not even and LeBron is like a hundred years old. <laughs> I mean, like I like LeBron, if he was to like, if they were to have similar teams and then just face each other, like, I believe that LeBron doesn't even need to have his physical ability. He could be AD off of IQ alone. Like that's how bad it is. Yeah. He could literally just be like, I can beat you with just everybody else. 
Yeah. But the thing that gets me is that for people are like, oh, well, you know, he's trying to find his footing because LeBron's been in the lineup, but LeBron's been out of the lineup. Like, let's think about D-Wade for a second here. All right, so let's just show someone who proved that they can ball without him and learn to ball with him. And to your point of his mentality, D-Wade was like, this is still my city, mm-hmm. and there's no one that you could put on the floor that's going to be able to stop me. Now, if LeBron has it going, I'm not getting in his way. But nobody's getting in my way either. And there are times where they both dropped 40 when it had to be done. You know those, those Indiana playoff games? where Sometimes they both had to drop 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like that's the mentality that AD needs to have is that, listen, I'm going to get mine. We're going to go in the flow of the game, but I'm going to get mine. There's no, no one that you could put on the floor that's going to be able to stop me. So the fact that he disappears for sometimes even half quarters at a time, it's inexcusable with his talent level. Inexcusable. Like, you're not ready to run a franchise. And you could even say the same thing with Kyrie. Like, even with even though that when he was by himself, it didn't result in winning, but he came out there like, nobody can guard me. I'm the best finisher at the basket. I got one of the best handles in history. The best handle in history, in my opinion. And, I mean, I just I just threw one of just to not ruffle any feathers. I do agree. I do agree. But it's just like and then and he that's how he carried himself in the game. But A D, he's just so timid. And I just don't I just don't understand. Like and that's why I respect players like, for instance, the perfect example, Jimmy Butler. Literally every team, even back in college in JUCO. He didn't. He always said that he wasn't the best player on the team. It wasn't until he got to Miami and he was like, "No, nah, this is. I'm the best player on the team." Mm-hmm. He was with the Timberwolves. He was like, "I'm not the best player." He's like, "Cat's the best player. Uh, Wiggins has the most, like the highest ceiling, like the most potential." He's just a dog. Back in the Bulls, he's like, "No, nah, that was D Rose, and that was, you know, Joakim Noah and them." Joel Embiid and stuff. Yeah, yeah Sixers, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. So wherever when he had that respect level, like, okay, I understand that these people are better than me, but he the way he approached the game as if you can look at him like, ah, you can make an argument that he's the best player on this team. Yeah. So I, I like that because the only time Jimmy Butler had a problem where you think like, oh, him and his teammates have problems is when Cat got soft on him. Right. And he's like, yo, like, you got the best talent out here. Like, you should be balling right now. And the fact that you're not and you're not putting that that working in that mentality. Now we have problems. All right. It, it's it's that, you know, it's even as great as Shaq was when Kobe saw that Shaq wasn't putting in the effort that he felt that he should put in. They have problems. Yeah. He's like, bro, you're overweight. You're not where I'm in the gym, you know, you're not doing this. Like, so you need to be doing that. That is the only time Jimmy Butler has had any friction pretty much with any teammates. Even like with the, when they don't put the effort in, even with the Sixers, like he was having problems with uh, Brett Brown, the head coach. And then like, there was even a, like a situation in practice when he called out one of the coaches on behalf of one of his teammates. And then his teammates just got quiet. Like, and he's like, I thought you was going, I was speaking up for you. Like he, 
like he's a team oriented guy and he would like step up for anybody. But one of the things I feel like one of his pet peeves is, is that I just want you to bring your best. That's what I want you. And then I want you to be in the position to succeed as well. So I will stand up for you if I feel like it makes sense. And, and that, I mean, even with, and, and since for Kobe, like even when Shaq was slacking off and he knew he would go extra hard mm-hmm. practicing and training just to compensate for that. Where you mm-hmm. could see is, I know AD wasn't thinking when, you know, Bron going into year 19 and be like, oh, there's a possibility he might have some injuries. He had an injury last year that took him out for a spending time. I should take care of my body better and, you know, work on my game a lot more for times like this. And those times came and you weren't prepared. Yeah. So one of the things here is Wade and LeBron had a good relationship. You know, still have a great relationship. Kyrie and LeBron never really had a great relationship. They just had a pretty good working relationship and they were each other. They were cool to each other. You know, they weren't, you know, rude or anything like that. AD and LeBron supposed to be boys. They're boys, right? Yeah. If you're LeBron and that's your boy, what do you, what do you say at this point? Man, LeBron, and 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 I'm not saying it as a knock on LeBron. I'm saying it's, it's because LeBron's been there, done that. LeBron's just like, listen, man, I'm in LA. I got my two houses. I'm making my movies. I'll ball when I need to. If we win the championship, great. If we don't, that's great too. My resume is already cemented. So I came here and won that chip so y'all can get off my back. I think LeBron is at that point where this, hey, this man is like, you either want it or you don't. Like, you Russ, right. I'm not, hey, yeah. Like, I got, I have three kids already. I'm not trying to motivate another kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's year 19, my legacy is cemented. We can talk the Jordan LeBron debate. Y'all can have that, but. AD, it's, it's yours if you want. If you don't want it, then I'm about to be out. Like, I'm just waiting on my son, Brownie, to get in the league so I can play with him for a year and then I'm out. So. Yeah, I think it's more so of that Brian doesn't have the capability of motivating or helping better talent. Because I feel like with Kyrie, there was problems. AD, there's problems. But when he was by himself in Cleveland, everything worked. But there was a huge gap between talent and IQ when it came to him and the next person. Yeah, so there's but already D- sort of like a, all right, yeah, yeah I, like that's Bron, like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. there's a respect level. But I think Bron, when it comes to better players, like an AD, Russ, and Kyrie is just kind of like, okay, I'm expecting this from you, just bring that. And then, of course, he'll be like, hey, you should be doing this and this. But I think he puts too much on, onus on that where when he is in Miami – and then, you know, they had that, you know, the Mavericks uh, series. And then D-Wade had to tell him, like, do you. Mm-hmm. He had to pull him aside and just be like, now you do your thing. And then everything else will just fall in line. He doesn't have – I don't think he has that kind of authority or stuff when it comes to players that are I get closer in talent level when they're really not that close. That's a, that's a fantastic point because even when you're talking about D-Wade, because D-Wade's older than him, so he kind of mm-hmm. looks up to D-Wade, even though yeah. he's a better player than D-Wade, mm-hmm. but he looked up to D-Wade right. as, like, a big brother. So it was D-Wade that had to really, like, yo, Bron, like, this is your squad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be ready, but this is your squad. Like, you're you're the best player. It was, it was D-Wade that had to really come to LeBron and do that. Like, LeBron, 
probably from a talent level perspective, he probably should have went to D-Wade, to your point, and been like, mm-hmm. yo, like, I love you, but, like, I'm Bron. Like, we need to, like, have everything run for me. So, like, to that point, like, you're right. And even with Kyrie, plus, obviously, you know, Kyrie, got, he does his own thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it seems like he does just have this kind of like hasn't seemed to figure out with supreme talent mm-hmm. how to necessarily get. I mean, obviously, he can get the best out of him, but yeah, like sustain that. Like, I don't know if he really does that well. Maybe he's too like buddy buddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's an interesting point. Yeah. So all in all, man. Anthony, Anthony Davis, bro, you on my hot seat. Yeah. I I don't know how long you're gonna be in my hot seat. You're just gonna be there until I feel like you need to get off. Cause until until you figure out how to be until you figure out how to rise to the occasion and you know get the job done and stop being so mediocre. I can't do nothing with you. You're just gonna stay in the hot seat. We're just gonna leave you up there. If you don't want the keys to the car, don't act like you want to drive. Like, if if you ain't that dude, if you're Robin and not Batman, then just say that. Then just be like, listen, I, I would rather have somebody else here and I play along with them. I would respect that more because that shows self-reflection and honesty to say, hey, I'm really talented, but I need someone else here to, to drive this car and I'm going to ride along with them and hold them down. Don't try to act like you're the dude if you ain't that dude. Because they're investing a lot in you. And the way that the team is set up right now, they do not have a bright future once LeBron James leaves because they're not going to be able to depend on you. Not just for health reasons, but for mental reasons. Not mental health, but like mental um, ability in the game to to really take advantage of your opportunity. If I'm Brian, and that's all I got to say, if I'm Brian, I'm grabbing AD and I'm going to look him right in his eyes and I'm going to be like, be Scotty. Play your role, complain later. <laughs> just play what do what I tell you and then complain when, when you're out the lead. Like that's all right, I need. Yeah. 25 right. years now, you want to write a book and trash me? So be it. Right now, do, I need you to do what it. I say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real. That's real. That's real. Man, those were two excellent picks, Coach Pace. Nah, that, that ooh, ooh, ooh. I got I, I have an honorary mention. I've been oh, thinking about know. this <laughs> Coach oh. Pace, if you don't mind. Take it away. <laughs> I got a bench Russell Wilson. Who? Russell Russell Wilson. He just got back on the field. (laughs) He just got back. You know, the one thing that really take me off this week on Sunday, so I was watching, um, you know, one of the countdown shows, and they're talking about how he rehabbed his finger. Mm. This man said he rehabbed every day for 19 hours. Russ, stop lying. (laughs) Then this fool was reading Bible scriptures like, yeah, you know, Solomon. I'm like, bruh, you did not rehab your finger for 19 hours. Stop it. He was counting everything. He's like, you know, when I was praying, I was praying over my finger. When I was eating, I was thinking about it. Stop it. I was playing the piano. Yeah, I was just like, I was aware. Yeah, it was just working. Come on, man. You got to, you're not seeing the vision. Zero points. (laughs) I'm not seeing it because he needs to be bitch just for that. Russ, stop it. I didn't draft him in fantasy because he cost me a title last year. So, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. This ain't a necessary a, a, a shot of his career. He's a great quarterback, but Russ, 
Stop it. I don't know if it's the Sierra, y'all being too theatrical, whatever. Stop it. Stop it. You rehab your finger. You came back earlier than what you were supposed to. Leave it at that. Don't, don't, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. So that was my honorary match. <laughs> do you have a 90 and 90 for us this week? Eddie? Yeah, so real quick. Uh, hey, don't do it. Manchester nope. United, man. Well, this week is the international break, so it really was more like World Cup qualifying. So um, some exciting matches, but what I want to talk about is Manchester United. So there's rumors that Zinedine Zidane, who's a French legend, that they're trying to woo him to come coach Manchester United. I'm like, Manchester United, stop. The man is not coming to Manchester. Number one, he does not speak English and is not trying to speak English. He speaks fluid French, obviously, and fluid Spanish. He doesn't want to speak English. He's not coming to an English-speaking country to coach your team. Number two, the man has lived in Paris his entire life and lived in Madrid most of his life because he played for Real Madrid. He played in Turin, Italy. The man does not want to live in Manchester, England. It sucks. It's cold, it's cloudy, and it's rainy all the daggone time. The man does not want to live there, okay? Number three, your squad sucks, okay? <laughs> he doesn't want to come coach you. Get over it. It's done. It's over. Find somebody else. Find some other pale white Englishman that wants to live in Manchester, okay? Quit trying to get these legends to come coach your squad because it's not happening. So that's my 90 and 90 today. I'm going at Manchester United fan. Y'all can at me. I don't give a damn. Manchester United sucks. I like Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's doing his thing since he's come back. I love him, but the rest of y'all suck, all right? That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all I got. All right. Well, you, you, heard, you heard him. You heard him. He said y'all trash, except for Cristiano Ronaldo, and you can add him. You can find him. You know, on Instagram, you can find them. <laughs> and I won't respond either because y'all peasants. <laughs> oh man, we just lost like three. Is this out? I was real, bro. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, y'all can't have me. I don't care. I got a son to raise. I got to respond to y'all fools. We might have got a couple more in France, though, to balance it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I got a family to raise out here. I ain't responding to y'all fools. And I will say it again next week. Manchester United sucks. Go ahead. It's a running segment on the show. He says the same thing every week. I'm back again. That's all I got. That's all I got this week. That's all I got. <laughs> I like it. All right, Coach Murph, on to you. Um, segment of bet. You know, talk about things, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what happened last week, and what do you have for us this week? That's easy, man. It was all ugly. It was all ugly. I'm going to be a, a hunter with you. I've been on a <laughs> long, hard, cold streak. Like, the things that aren't supposed to be happening are is happening. happening. It's happening. Like, the Bucks? Really? 
Taylor Heineke? <laughs> so you telling me it took Taylor Heineke to play you once in the playoffs? I was like, oh, I know how to get these guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, come so on. So it seemed now. like. Like that. I mean, what, what, what was some other? Well, I did some, I did some, um, basketball bets here i did do a, a game a you know a huge game that everybody should have been watching and then end up stop watching was the nets versus warriors i did a single game parlay i knew that the warriors were going to win i also thought that draymond would show up don't know why i believed in him and to get six boards but his unathletic self couldn't i think he only got like three maybe four <laughs> So that was tough. Uh, but it, it was just all bad, man. Nobody nobody wants to show up. I'm starting to think I just had beginner's luck, and now they're just trying to humble humble me a bit. But that ain't going to stop us, man. We ain't go with. No way. <laughs> we ain't. No way. Oh. I mean, y'all Love trash. It. Y'all trash, too. I, like I was with you. I was vibing with y'all. Sit there. I meant things, things. Y'all just come on, my two dark skinned brothers. <laughs> hey man, listen, man. I, I, I. Me and Diddy got issues. I got, you know. We'll we'll talk about that off air. About what he said about Jermaine Dupree, sir. We got, uh, but this week. Some games that I'm liking. So I know everybody is really hyped about Cam's first start. And the underdogs are Washington. Mm. Take the underdog. I respect Cam, but remember who's the coach over there who would know him best? Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Mm -hmm. So of course, Cam is going to have a couple of ooh wow plays, and then also, I don't think it will. It's he's that kind of guy that a moment is too big for him. But I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to force a couple of things just to you know, just like with the whole Odell thing. Sean McVay is prove a point of I'm supposed to be here, and here's why. And I think there's going to be some some errors, and Ron Rivera just needs one or two. I mean, and then. Also, they're coming off of momentum from beating the Bucks the week before. So that might be a, a nice little pick. Another one, my Philly boys, man, they're starting to put it together. They face the Saints this week. They are the, – they're the favorites. They're the favorites. Miles Sanders is coming back. Jalen Hurts is starting to get, get it together. They adjusted the defense after, you know, Nick Sirianni called out the defensive coordinator, like, hey, put these guys in position to succeed. Coach Pace, tell me the last time you saw Darius Slay play like he's been these past couple weeks. You always give him a hard time. Always. I do, too. But that man's been balling these past couple weeks. That they changed the defensive assignments. I'm loving it. I mean, I can't argue that, man. They're looking good. And listen, I'm, you know, I'm an unbiased fan. I'm not over here thinking that we're going to make the playoffs or anything like that. I just, I went into this season thinking like, hey, this is a rebuilding year. I just want to see what we got and enjoy the game. And I'm liking this, what I'm seeing now versus what I was seeing earlier because they were atrocious on both ends. Listen, at least your bar was set low. 
Okay, I'm getting my hopes up because my QB is turning into <laughs> what he looked like back where he used to be. <laughs> Looking like I like a- I like your um I like the Eagles one too because listen man, Saints don't have a quarterback. You have Trevor Simeon and Tim Tebow. I mean, what's his name? <laughs> That's well, what they have a quarterback. Hey, hey he's so, better than Tim Tebow. If Jameis was there, okay, maybe that's more of a preposterous statement, but mm-hmm. nah, they, they have no quarterback. So I think it's very possible the Eagles win that game. And then another, well, actually, I'm, I'm not going to say that game for this one, the pick on uh, our Sonar Fast Five, but we will. Actually, no, we're going to hold it off there. I'm not, I'm not trying to make nobody lose money around here. We just want to stick with it. <laughs> I'm not trying to have y'all join me. I'm still, I still haven't had to tap into my own money. I'm still playing with winnings. That's how good I've been doing in the past. That's a so, Must be nice. Can't yeah, that- <laughs> Coach, uh, Coach Murph, let me ask you about one game, though. All right, all right. Bears, Ravens. Mm-hmm. Would you take the underdog? You know, I had to sit with that because I do this weekly pick of this pay weekly pick them league with uh, some people. And I looked at that game. It's a tricky one. Yeah, because the Bears are an underdog. And I mean, the, the Ravens haven't been looking like they they have early as, as of yeah earlier in the season. Justin Fields' second half looked phenomenal. Yeah. Last week. And honestly, it's what I'm worried about is more so of the defense and the penalties that the Bears have been doing. I just feel like whenever Fields do something great, they're just like, no, nah, let's let's do that again. Let's get you more reps. Let's just <laughs> let's get like a penalty somewhere. So but I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to go with the Ravens. Um because I, I just I just can see Lamar Jackson turning it around. And then with the Bears these past couple weeks causing so many self-inflicted pains on themselves. And, I mean, one person that can take advantage of that is Harbaugh. He's a great coach. And, of course, Lamar Jackson. If you're going to constantly give him a short field and he loves to run the ball already, you're just going to milk the clock. And I mean, it's just going to force Justin Fields to pretty much play perfect to come up with the win, and that's kind of hard to do when your team wants to sabotage you. So hmm. I'm going Ravens. All right, that was good. I was curious because I thought that was one of the better betting underdog picks, in my opinion, this week. But yeah. just one of the better games to pick. So I was curious your thoughts. Also, I don't know if Baker is playing. But the Lions are a huge underdog. If he doesn't play, even if he does, because I mean, Chubb he's is playing. With an injury. You said what? Chubb is playing. Oh, uh, Chubb is playing. If Baker doesn't play, I wouldn't be against going with the Lions. But if he does with him and Chubb, I, I don't think Jericho. The Lions are undefeated in the month of November. One win, one tie. <laughs> Undefeated. Never lost. Never lost. <laughs> That'd be, but that's one of those games that you'll just have to do like a two-pick parlay or just do it by itself. I wouldn't do like a, you know, 
four or five because that's mm-hmm. just mess it up. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Take it for someone who messed up last week. I'll tell you what I did. So <laughs> I I went with Prophet Coach Natty T. Natty Damas, Coach Natty Damas, who was correct. I did pick the 49ers to beat the Rams and win my parlays. I was so ecstatic that that happened, but it didn't matter because you want to know why? You want to know what happened? <laughs> so I am sick and tired. And I got a little beef with DraftKings on the TV. So <laughs> they said Kyler Murray was going to play, man. They said he was going to play. That's right, yeah. He pulled out the last second. Pulled out the last second. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to pull out the last second for other reasons, not for football. Not for football <laughs> when people got money on you. I not got for football. It, it, it just kind of messed everything. I was like, oh, okay. And then when Cam comes, like I didn't think they were going to have him play in the first game because it's not his coach and it's a new system. So I'm like, okay, they'll probably have him sit have a week under his belt where he could practice and then put him in. They put this dude in. He get two touchdowns. Yeah. So I lost out on that one. Carolina knocks out Arizona. Messes everything up. Messes mm-hmm. everything. And then Coach Murph gave me an out because we were right before kickoff. And he took the Kyler Murray parlay off. And he said, hey, do you want me to take the car- Arizona one? And I was thinking, oh, Cam ain't playing. I was like, you go ahead and keep the Arizona one. Wrong. Bro. I forgot about that. I did. Yes. I, did I think I would have won that one. I think I would have won that one if I if I'd have had that taken off. <laughs> trash, trash, yeah. absolute trash. Huh. Anyway, speaking of trash, <laughs> to um, you know, a jury decision that happened today, and we would be remiss if we didn't cover. As you know, one of the hallmarks of this show is you know, talking about injustices uh, in various forms. Uh, and so for those of you that haven't been scrolling on social media, been living under a rock, happy you got up under your rock to listen to us. So we're going to drop some game here. A jury, you know, failed to convict Kyle Rittenhouse of all charges in his murder trial. And so for those of you that are not familiar with the name, on August 25th, 2020, Uh, Rittenhouse traveled across state lines from Illinois to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and gunned down two Black Lives Matter protesters with an AR-15 rifle. Okay, so he didn't even live there. So, like, he went across state lines, Kenosha, Wisconsin. There is a connection to sports here because you have the Bucks. uh, That was the game that the Bucks did. Did they they not? Yeah, they they protested by not playing. They're in a bubble. Yeah, in the bubble. Yes. So, you know, because there were thousands of people on the street uh, to protest the unarmed, um, the shooting of unarmed man, Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So, you know, the shooting was caught on video and Blake was left paralyzed from the waist down because of this, you know, um, this incident with the police officer. So Rittenhouse killed two people who were there protesting the racial injustice and police brutality. And all of a sudden, people were like, oh, you know, I can't believe he did this. Let me tell you what happened. Just days later, the GOP leaders in Wisconsin and nationwide flocked to his defense. And they began raising money for him and his family. So he went to a protest with an assault rifle, killed two people, 
injured more. And then they decided to raise money for him and his family. He was released from jail. Uh, he was caught partying with members of the Proud Boys and he was flashing like the white power signs for photos and, and stuff like that. So all of those things were still not enough for this jury to find him guilty of anything, of anything. And I would like to make sure the way that I think some people may understand this, not that it makes it less right or more right or wrong, I'm not saying that, but a lot of people that, he shot white people at the protest, okay? So it was a Black Lives Matter protest, but the people that he shot were white that were protesting. Mm-hmm. And they still found him not guilty. So some people in the black community were like, oh, word? Like he's shooting white people and getting away with it. And I think that shows, you know, this there was a strategic tactic in the civil rights movement where, you know, white advocates and civil rights, you know, they would do the, the counter sit-ins and be a part of the marches because they knew if white people were attacked in the headlines, that it would cause an outrage because then other white people are like, wait, they're killing us too? Oh no, we can't have that. We can't do that. And we talk about white people using their privilege, you know, to better movements, all that jazz. So this shocked a lot of people, I think, when they heard this. And I, but I think we are getting to a point, and we've probably already been there, but I think there are some people that are making themselves clear that they're dividing a line in the sand. And they're saying, oh, you betrayed us, you're with them. So we're not gonna protect you anymore. That's part of what I got from this decision. That you made your decision to stand up for black lives. So we're not gonna hold people accountable for taking you out either. So that's one of my takeaways, but I'd like to hear what others think uh, about this case and this decision. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll keep it more sports related because I think, in terms of the Milwaukee Bucks and really what the entire NBA did during that time with uh, the original Jacob Blake shooting, and they, you know, they boycotted for a few days, and you know, it was nice, and everybody was like, "Yeah, you know, that's great. They stood up for something. That's great," but. The facts are that police officer didn't get charged. This kid carried an AK-47 across state lines, shot up some folks, and walked. Like, the the gun was off safety, loaded, but somehow you didn't have intent. Whatever. I won't even get into that. The officer saw (laughs) him there. They could have arrested like, him right then and there. What are you doing there? You don't live here. I, whatever. Um, where my head goes in terms of from a sports perspective and kind of the time that we're in. And again, I'm not knocking what the Milwaukee Bucks did, what the NBA players did, and WNBA players did last year. But I think we're at a point now where we either got to go all the way in or don't do it at all because that two-day boycott didn't really do anything it was a nice thing for social media and i'm not saying it wasn't done for social media but 
the reality in the aftermath was, yeah, like there's a lot of buzz on social media and people were giving a lot of the NBA players a lot of credit. Some, you know, obviously you mentioned the GOP before, you know, they had their spiel and do what they do. But in the end, it didn't really change anything. So I think at this point, in terms of athletes and, you know, having a voice and, and all those sorts of things, which is great, but we're at a point now where firing off that tweet, that ain't enough, bro. Boycotting for two days, that ain't enough, bro. Like, if we're going to really be, talk about that life, we really got to be about it and be willing to, like, boycott the whole season. Be like, no, we're not playing. We're not entertaining you until laws change. Mm-hmm. That's where it's got to go. Because if it's not, then these things are just going to continue to happen. So that's where my thoughts on it, just kind of relating it to sports. Yeah, um, That's kind of where my mind is right now. Because, again, these, these things in the court of law, <laughs> they always say trust the system. But, again, the, the system is only predicated on who's involved in that system. So you can trust it if you want, but it, work, it seems to work out for certain people and not other people. So in order to change it, you got to do something drastic. And if we're not going to do something drastic, and I don't mean – riots and all that i mean like strategically drastic right this is just going to continue to happen so that's my thoughts on it uh well i mean where i'm gonna go with it is that this is just shows proof that no matter what is done, and I, I agree with you, Coach Natty, is that it just needs to be an all-in or nothing because, I mean, you're doing little things here and there. It's not going to be enough. Um, but this is just the justice system showing us how much we don't matter. We just don't matter because even, even way back in history with, like, strong – uh, you know, black leaders such as a Martin Luther King, a Malcolm X, or a Fred Hampton. Whenever we pick up some momentum, let's take this guy out. Boom, we're back to square one. Because we gotta, we're mourning them, we're mourning their families, which we should do. But that little time in mourning, that's just setting us back, and then we gotta reground ourselves, and then we gotta try again. Like we, there's really no plan. They have like a stranglehold on minority communities that they just pretty much do what they want. And then the sad thing about it is, is that, you know, and being a parent, I'm, you know, the way I was raised, hey, the police, they're your friend. They're going to take care of you. No, they'll take care of some of you. Maybe not you. Why? Well, what am I supposed to say when my daughter sees some stuff like this and say, why did that happen? I thought they were supposed to protect us. Am I supposed to trust this white security guard at my school? And that's where my issue lies in. Like, it's it's nerve-wracking, it's annoying, and, like, a lot of... What shows that people aren't caring enough about it is that people that just like, oh, 
I'm numb to it. It's just it's just bound to happen again. Like, no, it should frustrate you every single time it happens, just like the first time. It shouldn't, you shouldn't just be numb to it. So, like the whole written house thing, I mean, we all know about the story about uh Khalif uh Browner who was in Rikers Island over a backpack that he was innocent for. But he, I forgot how many years he spent in Rikers Island, but once he got out and they realized that, oh no, you're, you're, uh, you're in the clear. He was so mentally messed up that he ended up committing suicide. Mm -hmm. Like they're either like, we're going to take you out. Or are we going to make you take out yourself? Or, you know, the same way of, you know, we get thrown into prison for over petty crimes. And then now we got to get reacclimated to being out and being free. But they know like, oh, they're already messed up in here. So they're not going to be able to gather themselves. Especially because like you get that, you got a record, you can't do certain jobs. You're going to end up nine times out of 10, you're going to end up at a job you hate and you just can't. You're, there's no way you're going to be a true citizen. And they don't even view us as citizens when we're born. We're just numbers. We always have been. And then even further back then, we were even a whole number. We was three fifths. We was three fifths of one. But everybody want to act like racism is a real. Everybody want to act like America is the land of the free that was built off the backs of minorities, but they could care less about us. Or they want to make us seem like the bad guys when you have somebody like Muhammad Ali is like, no, I don't want to go fight. They don't, they don't treat me bad. When I'm here, they the ones that call me the N-word. They don't let me allow to use certain stuff. But we're supposed to just, hey, I'm American. Like, nah. That, that that's not a, that's not enough. Cause y'all don't care about us. Y'all never did. Never will. It worked. It worked. Coach Pace, did you want to say anything before we move forward? I'm gonna just speak on the um the situation. Um, I'm gonna just look at it from this perspective because I was talking about it in my group chat with um the wild the wild crew that I have. Um, that but, Toledo group chat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know much about the situation. All I know is he had, from what I'm, it was it was almost an act. Of, first of all, I'm I'm gonna say it was an act of self defense, but. But please pay attention to the but. Do not, do not get my words all misconstrued. Um, from my understanding, as a 17-year-old, I have no intentions of carrying no semi-automatic rifle. I'm gonna just be honest with you, boy. So you're carrying that across state lines, which in itself is stupid and a felony. We know why you was there. You could say you was there to protest and whatever you was doing. He was there because it was a Black Lives Matter protest and he was just about to cause some ruckus. Like, we know what it, we know what it is. Like, we're not boo-boo the food. So, you know, people can act dumb all they want to and be like, oh, well, he was just there and something happened. It was self-defense. Like, nah, bro, he took an illegal firearm over state lines, which is we all know is a felony. And, I mean, you shouldn't, That that's two felonies right there. It's illegal and you're underage carrying a firearm. So, um, and you know, that's an easy 10 to 10 to 20 year bid for African-American. So, um, 
And don't let that thing go off. Don't let you sing that thing and you kill. Come on, bro. Even if it's in self-defense and you have every right, you're not getting off with that because you shouldn't have been there in the first place with an illegal firearm. So, like, this whole, I'm not really paying attention. And I knew he was going to get off, first of all, after the little video came out. Mm-hmm. When he was trying to fake cry. And, like, I don't even, he was wheezing. Let's be real here. He wasn't crying. He was wheezing. And they had to go to recess. And he said, he told the judge, said, somebody come help him. Yeah, I was like, all right, he getting off. Then, then I'm looking up pictures of him and the judge watching the video like they watching game field for the game tomorrow like it's osu michigan state i said what is going on here sitting right next to each other then this took the cake i ain't never heard of this in my life man he out here picking jury picking jury people that's going to deliberate on his case like we picking reading groups like when they, when they start doing that like I'm so I knew once I seen them three things, I was like, oh buddy getting off. Buddy getting off. This this not even an if, it's just a win. Whenever they decide, he gonna get acquitted. And so like I said, man, we was just talking about it in the group chat, and I was just sitting there like those things alone and the gun going off because it's illegal and you killing three people. Granted, it's in self-defense, they gonna they gonna hit you with. 15, 20 years minimum as an African-American. Easy. You might not get life because of self-defense, but you're getting an easy 20, 15, 20 years, maybe without parole. So at the end of the day, man, it's kind of like one of them things where we know what it is. Um, we just got to, I mean, we can say it all we want to, but some, some got to shake. Some at the end of the day got to shake because I just... I'm more looking at the uh, what's the young man, the African African American man that got shot uh, just running down the street. Uh, Amon Arbery. Arbery. Yeah, Amon Arbery. Excuse me. Oh, um, I'm more so looking at that case because that's gonna let me know a whole lot of. I don't I don't care about Kyle. I'm looking at that case because that's gonna let me know everything I need to know. Because if them two get off, and then you know, the interesting thing about that is I heard the date of. Him answering questions, the uh, the murder, you know, as answering questions from the lawyer. So, you know, it was basically one of those things. It's like, you know, why, why, why was this? And he say, oh, you know, self defense, and and I, I, I felt like he was attacking me, and and so I had to do, what I had to do, basically, was what he said. Then he was asked. So what was Armand doing at that? Did he, did he have a weapon? And he said, no, ma'am. Did he yell at you? No, ma'am. Was he running towards you? No, ma'am. All the literally, literally that is recorded. (laughs) If you listen to his testimony, that is literally what he said. He kept saying, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. And she was asking all these questions to, to shape like, was there an actual threat here? And he kept saying, no, 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 no. But then he said he was scared somehow. So I'm like, if you can lie and then actually tell the truth and still get off, bro. So that's going to be wild. I wouldn't be surprised, but that's wild. 
because a lot of people would stick to their guns and be like, oh, you know, he tried to do this, 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 and that, trying to make it, you know. He didn't even want to do that. He was just, he was just honest. He's like, no, nah, he didn't have anything. Didn't have a knife, didn't have a gun, wasn't coming towards me, wasn't yelling at me, didn't confront me about anything. So I, I think we, I always think about it in terms of when I'm talking to people about these type of things. And I said, let me ask you if, the races were reversed in this situation. Do you think the outcome would be different? Even if people were like, well, I don't know. The fact that you have to think about that tells us everything we need to know, right? Oh, oh, if it was a black, if it was African-American, we probably wouldn't even have made it to court because they had to put three holes in our chest. So and that's exactly what I was waiting for because that's how I was going to end it. I was like, the, the sad thing about it is a big win for us is for us to pull some some stuff like that and make it to trial. That's a big W for us. Like I I don't promote violence, but I'm just saying if we were to if we had a black man that went out there and did that, if he make it to trial, that would be a win. Because their first instinct would be to kill him. Like for instance, for this, he went across state lines with a firearm and murder people. And then you have somebody like Fernando Castile who was in the car who told the cop that he was a registered, uh, that he had a registered gun and he was shot. Legally had his gun and told him and was shot. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of lessons to take away. I know we have to move forward uh, with the show, but I I wanna say um, to my earlier point when we talked about, you know, white people not being protected if they're advocating for black lives all the time. Uh, There is a risk to advocacy work. And I hope that this doesn't deter people from still advocating. If you truly believe what you're seeing is wrong um, and you're fearing, if you're trying to stand up for what is right and you're at fear for losing your life, welcome to the club. You feel me? Like that's what that's what that's what we've been experiencing this whole time. It's not pretty. We don't want to see any of us go through it. But sometimes that comes with the territory. Uh, to Coach Natty T's point, I, I I agree that there are times where we have to make sacrifices for the bigger picture, um, and for those that have the financial stability to make that sacrifice. You know, we saw some of our NBA players look out for WNBA players who were not, you know, did not want to play, that they wanted to fight the social right, social justice movements. We're going to have to do that on a larger scale and and just like, hey, we're not going to play. We're going to take the money that we do have and we're going to look out for each other so everyone could, you know, be cool. Um, but we're not talking to anybody unless you're going to put us in some ofi- officials, some decision makers, we'll talk to them. I'm not bouncing one basketball, not throwing, not, not throwing one football or anything like that until we see some changes. Um, and so sometimes that that risk that we take has a bigger picture attached to it. And it's going to take us to fully be invested in that for us to see any type of, of changes or else we're just going to get weighted out, which is real quick. James, real quick. Um, it's sad that we uh have to rely on the athletes 
um, when we have all these, you know, entertainers and comedians, but we look to the athletes like, nah, y'all gotta save us. But now we have all this whole demographic of people that really got pull, like Jay-Z, Jay-Z doing his thing, Meek doing their thing, but it's so many others that, you know, should be doing a lot more than what they're doing um, to help us. And we just kind of look at the athletes like, nah, y'all the saviors, y'all gotta help us out. Y'all got the biggest platform, but I'm like, nah, music, music, I would say has a bigger impact um, and whatever we have on TV as well. So there's a lot of important people on TV. Yeah. Um, has a way bigger impact than probably sports. Sports is just an avenue, but there's a lot more avenues where we should be looking. Cause we always, I feel like we always look to sports and belabor sports. Like, you know, you guys got to do it. Nah, we need to be holding some other people accountable as well. Uh, I mean, that goes back to the societal flaw that Coach Murph was talking about because we kind of had people in place. You had your Martin Luther Kings, you had your Fred Hamptons, you had your, you know, Malcolm X's, but they all get wiped out. So then it's kind of like it turns into this societal flaw within our community that, you know, the athletes have kind of replaced those figures as the all encompassing person for entertainment purposes and for situations like this and it's misguided because you're right really shouldn't be looking to athletes for that but really how it should be in my opinion my humble opinion to your point coach shape three you need the resources and your athletes your entertainers can provide that but you need kind of people that work in you know these circles every day you know people that do researches you know professors the lawyers they need to team up and say, hey, where can we use our funds to help? Like people like a LeBron, people like a Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. They should be going to, you know, these professors that teach and have right. done courses on systematic racism and have gone to school and done research for 15 or 20 years and fully understand it. They need to be connecting. <laughs> they got to, like what they need to do is, people need to get out their minds and get out their own way that money doesn't make you smart or just because it's because you have the most money yeah, doesn't make you the smartest person exactly just, just because lebron money. has just because lebron has a lot of money and he stands for this just because you stand for that doesn't mean that you're going to be him one day you're not going to grow up and be 6'10 and a freakish athlete mm-hmm. you Focus on the cause and stop worrying about who brings it back. I don't care if it's just some some homeless guy on the corner that's trying to give you game. You take that. Like when I was being raised in the inner city of Columbus and I'm just like walking the streets, like there was always a respect factor. Like living in the hood, you just knew who was the guy. But everybody wants notoriety nowadays with social media. That's why they do dumb stuff like go they kill people in their own cities like Nipsey Hussle like Young Dolph that's people making change and then now what's damaging to these kids is that you kill these guys what do you accomplish you killed them now when Thanksgiving come around or school come around are you throwing a a going back to school thing and giving these kids supplies that need them no but you killed the guy that was doing it he was supposed to hand out turkeys the very next day to the community and then now, now what? 
Uh, now we all just got to find our way to eat. Like, nah, you're dumb. You're stupid. And it really deters people from when they get to a certain point to stay in those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. They're getting killed in their home neighborhoods. When then we, then we get mad when people like leave their home cities and leave their neighborhoods after they, you know, made it, whatever, make it, make right. it. looks like we get mad, but it's just like, well, some people are like, well, can you blame me if I'm going to end up like that? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be alive than be dead, you know, doing That's that. I was, I was like, I was like, I was so mad that I heard, I was so mad when I knew Dolph was still in the city. Cause I'm like, bro, Dolph, you can run everything. Get out the city, man. You don't need to be anywhere, especially in Memphis. Everybody knows Memphis. Is, Memphis, wow. Memphis is wild, bro. Especially, that's where he got shot. Like, he got shot up 100 times. Like, his printer got shot up 100 times. Like, Dolph should not be in Memphis at all. So, that's why I was so upset. Because I'm like, dude, you're not supposed to be in Memphis. You don't need, you can still impact the community the same way. You don't have to be there, man. I'm, I know you want to, but Boosie said it best, man. The people that know you best are in your city. And mm -hmm. them people, once you get money, they turn into the biggest snakes. So sometimes it's just better to remove yourself. And you can still impact the community in the same way. Yeah. yeah. Like, I understand the, the impact of it. They're just like, you know, this is my city. They right. love me. I want them to see me. You right. know, I want to right. be a presence. Right. And I understand. And I, I completely agree. I feel as though that I, you know, will probably have this, same sentiment probably not be like in my own neighborhood because of i mean with i mean the type of money i'm making like there's just not going to be a spot that i want out there but i would try to be a visible face out there so i think we need to stop putting more onus on the celebrities and saying hey get out and just put more on the people that are doing the killing like just stop being dumb because all you're doing is creating more people with that mentality because when they grow up, since they didn't have that guy with money that was trying to provide for his city or for his neighborhood, they're just going to go based off of what you did because now they know you now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a whole different topic. Though. That's that, a whole, there's a lot I'm, of... I'm with, the, I'm with to get out, bro. I'm with to get out. You don't owe nobody nothing. You can still impact the community. But you like, well, you need a visible face. So I get, hmm. I get both sides of the spectrum. But I'm just like, bro, you can impact the community the same way. You can pop in and out of the hood, you know, talk to your folk. But you, hey, I ain't going to pick up no cookies for nobody. Nope. Nope. Because every we time should. you look up, somebody getting shot in their own hood, bro. I'm yeah, sorry. The, the problem is that, and, and this people is going to stop being stupid as well. So the one thing that, that, you know, Caucasians and like white people do that that's right is that the fact that we fear of being successful in our own neighborhoods but they can cause crimes and still be comfortable with going to the judicial system because it's ran by them like it doesn't matter like at that point it's just like oh I can do what I want out here but once I get inside this courthouse in front of this judge this judge this is my world we should feel the same way. We should, when I was back in Ohio, when I was doing deliveries for Donato's, I was more comfortable delivering in the hood than in the suburbs. Like, I get out, like, mess my mind up. But it's just like, <laughs> but I was just like, whenever I had to deliver in, like, the suburbs, 
I, that's when I was the most nervous. And like, that's, I mean, you should feel comfortable everywhere, but like, that's how it should be. When you're in your element, you should feel comfortable there. And that's one thing that we're not allowing to happen that white people do. You can't be comfortable anywhere, anywhere. Well, there's that too, because it's like, there's strength in numbers, but now we, but we're getting killed by both sides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the main problem. We need I, to stop beating each other up. Yes. Yes. I, I, there is inner work and outer work that both needs to be done. Um, and I think anyone that objectively looks at things would agree that both need to happen. One is not an excuse for the other. They both need to change. Uh, so I hate it when people use that excuse. Well, y'all killing yourselves, you know, so they do I get mad when white people do this. Like, no, we're upset when anyone takes anyone from our community. Um, but we know that even if you do it, you're not going to be held accountable, which makes us even more upset. So, um, you know, and I wholeheartedly agree with it's not all athletes, you know, athletes have platforms, athletes have resources. I can't believe I'm using this as an example, but, you know, Kim Kardashian is, a, you know, she used her money to get legal aid for people, right? So she's like, hey, I'm limited in what I could do. I'm, I'm going through school to learn about these things, but I'm not going to be the best person to be in front of them. But I can use my resources to hire the best of the best that can get into those spaces and, and make some change, you know, so sure. that... Yeah, I was that blew like, my mind. What? Because yeah. she's and, one of the biggest advocates for, you know, falsely imprisoned people. Mm. And she that's what she does. She literally, she's like, look, listen, I'm going to law school. I don't know everything yet. But listen, I'm going to use my celebrity and my resources to connect people so they can get help. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. And side note, just in case if I ain't here, Sleepy Joe's a bum because he stood by the, the trial. No. Gosh. Um, so yeah. The people that got you in the office, you just said, yeah, nah, thanks. Yeah. I know. I know. And then uh, you got Kanye out here shaving his hair. <laughs> but hey. It's not Kanye, it's Ye. It's Ye. Say it's, it right. It's, it's listen, it's whatever I say it is. I ain't got time for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, I lost respect when he had to wear a VIP tag in uh Drake's house. <laughs> Check the picture. He had a VIP like lanyard on at Drake's Listen, house. Yay, Kanye. He's an alien. He might as well just be an alien to us. Yeah. He's just, he's, yeah. He, he's out there. He's, he's, he's doing his own. He's a billionaire or whatever. He's, he's not a normal, like, regular person anymore. So it's like, I don't really. <laughs> he's an alien basically experimenting on earth with stuff <laughs> yeah yeah like he's so like in his own world like i just i can't even i you know i have no comment yes i i know we talked about WNBA players being um outstanding in the social justice movements um and uh they got some big news for their sport uh looking at the playoff format so this you know on thursday so yesterday it was announced that uh, the WNBA is changing its, its playoff format. And so the biggest piece of this is doing away with the single elimination games um, and the buys. So those of you that aren't familiar with the, how it was structured, um, 
I'll tell you the changes first. So starting with the 2022 season, the eight teams with the highest winning percentage over their 36 game uh, schedule is going to advance into the postseason and is going to have a first round of kind of like if you think of it like a one versus eight, two versus seven, so on and so forth. Uh, and so the semifinals, uh, so that would be a best of three series. And then the semifinals and WNBA finals will continue to be the best of five. So they're not going to change those last two rounds. But a lot of people had some issues with the way that the first rounds were being played because they were single elimination games. And also, if you were to get a top seed, you pretty much had a two-week buy, you know, a two-round buy uh, in that process. Uh, so this is their first change since 2016 uh, when those top two seeds were awarded double buys into the semifinals. Uh, and then the third and fourth seeds were given a buy into the second round. And then those single elimination games decided the first and second round. So um, there's people on both sides. Some people are like really excited and saying, hey, single elimination games really suck. We want to see teams be able to battle it out over the course of the games. We want to see the adjustments. We want to see those kind of things. Um, others are saying that, you know, this may be a little bit of an overkill. Um, that this rule, you know, might have been a little bit of overkill, that it may not be the best thing for the game. Um, that because it no longer gives that incentive for those top two teams to have the, the buys, so it, it lessens the power of the regular season. That's what some people were thinking. So, yeah, some people are really good because they're looking at it from a strictly playoff format. Others are looking at, from it, looking at it as like, well, it doesn't make the regular season as exciting. Uh, there's not as much to gain in the regular season, I should say. Uh, so that's where we are now. Um, what are your thoughts kind of on the on the w, uh, WNBA playoff changes? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I think it's worth trying because at the end of the day, as a brand for the WNBA, they have to figure out a way to get more eyeballs to the games, not just in the seats, but eyeballs watching on TV because that in turn generates more revenue and that in turn can give you the capability to buy more, you know, TV rights with other networks that brings in more money. That's more money for the players, more money for everybody. So, you know, I'm all for trying different things, whether that's normalizing the playoff format as they did to make it kind of resemble more of a traditional NBA playoff format. Why not go ahead and try it. Um, you know, the single elimination thing, because obviously the NBA has, like, its play-in scenario. I personally don't like it. I think it's a bit gimmicky at a professional level when we're talking about basketball. Like, the NFL, perfect. Single elimination, like, any given Sunday, you know, the old cliche statement there, that's perfectly fine. Um, but with basketball, I think it's always best when you at least have – a series of some sort, whether that's a best of three, a best of five, a best of seven. Um, so I, I don't mind it. Obviously, the you know the WNBA is kind of short, you know, slowly kind of crept up a little bit in terms of their consistent viewership. So um, you know, hopefully this helps, and you know we'll see. But overall, I, I mean, I I like it. I mean, because you have to kind of be willing to do something to try to you know, spark more viewers. So I don't mind it at all. 
Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest thing is, like, when it comes to single elimination games, like, I think those only make sense when it's a bigger tournament. Like, that's why it makes sense in March Madness, because it's just, like, anything can happen. Like how you said with the NBA, it's gimmicky, because it's, like, it's one of those things, like, okay, you got this, you know, eight or seven through ten battling it out just to get in. But once you get there, we already know what's going to happen to you. <laughs> so, like, if it was consistent and it's just like, oh, all of these are, you know, single elimination, it makes sense. But, I mean, you know, they're just, like I said, I like the the change. Um, I mean, just like how the the NBA tried the, you know, the plan and they it boosted their ratings a lot. And it kind of helped because of the matchups that ended up falling there. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's worth a shot. Um, I'm excited to see it. I uh, started, you know, to be truthful. Of course, I didn't, which is common, I didn't watch the WNBA, but after having a daughter, you know, I just felt that I need to be more attentive and uh, get more into, uh, you know, female sports. And, you know, I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. So I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, the playoffs. Um... I mean, I'm not a. I'm not even about to act like I'm a big WNBA watcher. Um, but I think, regardless of what happens, I think anything new is good for them because what they got currently constructed is not working. So, at the end of the day, if you're new and you generate more money and you get more TV deals and you get them more money in their pockets, because I want to see everybody eat regardless of circumstance. Hey, I'm cool with it. I do watch women's college basketball. Though. They be who? Hey, you you watch Jada Curry? She be balling. Nah, you gotta you gotta send me the link, bro. I don't, I ain't, I ain't watch Jada Curry. The only person I be watching, like for real, for real, is uh, Zaya Cook from South Carolina, just because she's from Toledo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you gotta you gotta put me on uh, Jada Curry. Yeah, she she goes to Cal. Okay. Yeah, that's the ironic thing is the college product is actually better than the WNBA product. Oh, easy. Easy. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, but it's like that, and even with the uh, with men's, because like when it's March Madness, literally nothing else matters. You'll have one a game on your computer, you'll have one on Firefox, one on Chrome, your phone, one on the TV. But like when they, you know, NBA playoffs, like the first round, like you'll you're just interested, but then after that, it's kind of like. I'll probably catch game three, maybe four, seven. Of course, you'll always catch the game seven, but mm-hmm. you know, college products always be better. I find that very fascinating, Coach JP3. We've talked about this. Yes. Yes, we have. Yeah. Very interesting. Because I, I the NBA, if you were to ask someone from the NBA front office and they were going to be honest with you they would say the same thing. And they would say that they're losing some funds on their end uh, with both in-game participation and viewership. Yeah. <laughs> so. Telling you, I've been trying to, I've been predicting this for years, man. People be thinking I'm crazy about this. Like, it, there's something, I don't know, it's just something off. 
The only thing I don't like about college basketball, bro, is literally this. The game is not as fluid. That's it. That's the only thing I don't like because they like to, they like to, you know, after a score or or even on the rebound, they like to look at the coach, jog or walk up, look over. Coach, what are we running? Okay, motion L. Okay. And then pass. And then you go with the offense. I'm like, bro, y'all just waste about 10 15. That's the I'm telling That's you, and only- I agree with you because I think the only thing I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I feel like because <laughs> the college game is coach driven and not player driven, whereas the NBA is player driven and not coach driven, obviously. So to your point, it's very much system based. So you're watching Duke, you know, you have a guy like Zion, and as you said, he gets the ball on the wing and he looks at Coach K and he's like, okay, now I can go. Whereas in the NBA, it's more free-flowing, it's more open. If college had that more free-flowing, open style and coaches had, like, less control, even rule changes, like, you know, they have, what, 32-second shot clock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a 24-second shot clock. Like, little things like that, like just picking up the pace a little bit so you're not just walking the ball up the court and then passing the ball around five, six times, seven times, eight times, and wait for the clock to go down to five seconds, and then you take your shot like some colleges do. Everybody was forced to kind of play more of a free-flowing game. Man, the NBA would be pissed. I feel like it's, it's, <laughs> I'm you. I, I feel like if the NCAA did that, it have been it would look more like JUCO. Like I feel like it'd be like everybody just like, oh, I just gotta get mine. Like I like I'm the guy. So I think it makes sense in terms of like this is supposed to be your time of like really learning the fundamentals because you pretty much got in because mm-hmm. you were the man in high school. And it's just like, oh, you were just the guy, so you were able to do whatever you want. So now you're here, let's teach you how to play as a team because now you're with a bunch of other guys who are the guy. And then when you get to the NBA, that's when you start to see the separation. So, I mean, it has its pros and its cons. Um, I understand the way why it is, but I feel like if they try to make it more like the NBA, that a lot of people will flop when they get to the NBA. Probably. Probably. It's funny because, like, looking at it, um, I'm just trying to think of a few people. uh, Like, I don't think certain people like Zion really should have been even remotely in college. Um, Imani Bates, even, like, pros, like, he was hooping with. Imani Bates, everybody knows Imani Bates. If you don't, it's because you've been under a rock the last, like, (laughs) but Imani Bates, they had NBA players saying, like, hey, he could definitely get some buckets on some NBA players without a doubt. Uh, and the dude that just got arrested from Duke, I didn't know who he was, but uh, Pablo, I think it's Pablo Bucero. Y'all don't know him, y'all gonna know him. Bruh, smoothest hooper I've seen come through Duke in a minute. Mm. A certified bucket. I seen him do three moves. I kid you not. I remember all three moves. Bucket. Every time I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's league bound. But um, stuff like that, I feel like the college game in general, like we would have never knew about um, Anthony Edwards. Like we knew he was good, but Anthony Edwards now, 
Man. It's a problem. That's a bad boy. And that's what I feel like is, pro- is wrong with the college game. Like, college game slows down to where we can really see, like, they might take off a year earlier. Like, Anthony Edwards, if, you know, you cut the shot clock down, um, instead of 19, he might have averaged, like, 25 in college. And it might have looked a lot better, a louder 25, because he can't hoop. Like, he's just a natural hooper. Like, mm-hmm. that was apparent. Mm-hmm. Same with LaMelo. They just, like, natural hoopers, like, mm-hmm. regardless of where they go. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But I, I think this, yeah, to you all's point, I think this is a good move for the WNBA. Uh, hopefully that leads to um, prosperity for that league because there's a lot of talent that you know, a lot of people don't really know about. There are people out there in the WNBA hooping. You know, you know, Don Staley, shout out to her, getting her bag you know, as, as, as a coach, highest paid coach um, in women's basketball. So, yeah, just let's not overlook the talent. And I hate it when people cherry pick because sometimes, you know, you get bad plays in the WNBA and people put them on a highlight reel and say, this is why I don't watch women's basketball. Give me a second. I could find the same highlight reel in the NBA with people missing layups, playing horrible defense, no defense. Anything like that, I can give you the same highlights. Patrick <laughs> Beverly. Patrick Beverly. Let's do a career reel of Patrick Beverly. It's the same <laughs> Oh, we did y'all see Jabelle his McGee. tribute? And uh, did y'all see his y'all his Clippers tribute? And it ain't have one play on there. They just be handing that out. That was it. That was that was the whole tribute. Like no basketball plays, no nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no basketball plays on there. That's it. At least Caruso's like tribute had him balling in it. You know, dunking and getting some shots off or something like that. Because when I the boys came to play the Lakers, they gave him a tribute tribute video. And everything, I was like, you know what? He ain't great or really, really good, but at least he was getting buckets in his video. Patrick Beverly. I thought they were just going to put the uh, the LeBron block on repeat for two and a half minutes and just be like, well, look. <laughs> like, <laughs> like at least the same game, that. just different yeah. angles. Yeah. God, just handing out tribute videos. I'm gonna walk into a random stadium and they're gonna have like a career highlight reel of me, like just playing yeah, like high school. <laughs> and noon ball. Let's play in the college at noon ball. <laughs> that, our highlight reel playing during our lunch breaks was better than Patrick Beverly's highlight career highlight reel. Like that's how sad it was. Hey man, there was some good man. Uh Nino was getting busy. I love him. Yes. Oh man. Okay. Well, anyways, we're running short on time, so we're gonna power through these next two here. Those of you that play in fantasy football. I know the trade deadline is, is, is um, you know, upon most of your leagues here. So we're just going to give, um, you know, a player uh, that we feel you might want to try to bargain with if you got them on your team. Uh, so, Coach Murph, this was your topic. We'll go ahead and start with you on this one. So, I mean, trade deadline is is uh, coming around. So some players that you probably want to look into trading for, uh, I got – I got two. One, I talked about them earlier, Jalen Hurts. I feel like he's a guy that you don't have to give up something huge for. Because, I mean, you know, quarterbacks come at a premium. So, um, and then our their schedule, you know, on the back end, you know, they have a lot of division games. I can expect him to struggle against the Cowboys, but at Washington, Giants, he, he should be able to produce well. Dual threat, 
uh, Devontae Smith is turning to be a reliable target. His biggest question mark was his frame, but he's showing that he could be healthy and still, you know, he plays physical. So that's a guy to look out for. Also, uh, someone that I was overlooking for a, a while is uh, Brandon Cooks. It was more so because of his – like, I just overlooked the Texans in general. <laughs> so <laughs> – uh, but, I mean, he's a reliable target. I mean, he get he gets about, you know, probably eight to ten targets a game on average. Um, I actually just traded for him in, in my – or actually, me and Keithley that I'm running in, and I heard him running his mouth, but I'm not going to extend the show on that. But because <laughs> I'm the number one seed, you're like, what, number five? Why like, would I want the number one seed to get better? That makes no sense whatsoever. Because they're making themselves better. That's why. No, they're not. That's the sad <laughs> part about it. No, they're I mean, not. But, okay, but put it – nobody can really <laughs> see me anyways. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm just a great, I'm number, just great at drafting. Number one, why give him a better weapon? That just makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah, well, quick side note. Like, the the, the point system in there <laughs> is, is different, and it's a 2QB league. This guy was talking, like, mad trash, and he was the 12th seed. He was the bottom, and I was number one. And he's like, oh, you, yeah, he, was, he said that, oh, you can beat DeMaris. You just have to outsmart him. I'm like, you got three wins, and I'm eight and two, and you're telling me you just got to outsmart me? And then I beat him by 119 points. But yeah, those are my two. <laughs> those those are my two uh, guys that I feel like you can get some. Uh, you can put together a decent trade and, and get them that you don't hurt your team. You don't have to give up a, a, like reduction out of them. Okay, okay, that matters. That <laughs> I really, hey, I really hate these idiots in our league. I'm not gonna lie to you, because I would never, I would never trade the number seed anything. Like, why would I give you players to get better? Like Brandon Cooks has had four, four different teams. He's had a thousand yards on. Like, why in God's, you know, I'm gonna leave it alone. All right, so I'm gonna tell you all this. First of all, I'm a little biased, but I'm going to say, go get go get my boy, man, Odell, okay? Right. Sean McVay has some type of fantasy with him, and Girl, you know so. what? Hey, listen, I'm going to say, hey, listen, it's low low risk, high reward, because at the end of the day, you ain't going to have to give up much, because they're going to be like, ah, it's Odell. Odell ain't really did nothing all season. You know, mm-hmm. you can give up a little something, something. But, boy, let's, let, hey, let him get hot now. Let McVay start doing his McVay thingy or whatever he be doing. And then <laughs> got a, you got a nice little receiver. He getting eight to ten targets a game. You know, a couple touchdowns here and there. Listen, it could be it could turn into something really good at the end of the end of the day. Um, and I know y'all ain't got this man on y'all ro- y'all roster or y'all radar, but listen, I'm gonna tell you why that you need to get him. AJ Dillon. And I'm gonna tell you why you need to get AJ Dillon. Because Aaron Jones, granted, he's a workhorse, but when it comes, it's starting to get a little cold. And guess what people don't like to hit? Big backs. A.J. Dillon is about 240, and his legs look like Saquon. Saquon is what A.J. Dillon – no. A.J. Dillon is what Saquon want to be, but he can't. So, (laughs) when – Push comes to shove. They're starting to use A.J. Dillon a little bit more. Um, and he's actually starting this week. He had two tugs last week. 
starting this week. I'm telling you now, if you ain't on the AJ Dillon bandwagon, you need to get there because my boy's serious. People just don't know it yet. And I've seen him in college. He looked like, I don't know, something was wrong with him in college because he looked superhuman. There it is. Coach Natty, who you got? No, I, I, I defer to y'all on this one. I'm, I'm not part of any leagues. <laughs> I, I thought those were really good. Um, I really don't have have much to add to that one. I'm I'm gonna leave it with y'all too on that one. I have yeah, I had yeah. one, but my one is you know for those of you that play spades, you, you say you got one and a possible. Yeah, my one is just looking like a possible at this point. Uh, I, I was going to say, um, I was going to say Latavius Murray or Devontae Freeman, if they're available in your leagues. Um, so, you know, with the myriad of injuries, Tyson Williams, I think it's just they the Ravens have fallen out of love with him. You know, he had a really hot start at the beginning. Um, they, they just got rid of Le'Veon Bell. So you're just looking at, you got really a two-back system there so I think if you get one of those guys if you need a flex option that might be you know people want to go after there yeah that's what I was going to say but not nearly as good takes as y'all's because I I, I I agree with y'all's assessments here okay we're going to get into a little fun it, it, you know it's, it's a lot of the seasons but we've seen a lot of football we've seen a lot of surprises but we're going to try to put this make this have this you know make sense we're going to do our, our, our personal little top five team power rankings for the NFL through all the craziness. Coach Pace, do you want to get us started on this one? You already know I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. So I just did this off a whim, but I'm going to go this. And I hate to admit that I have to put one of these teams in here, but I'm going to do it. I know who you're talking about. Because I'm unbiased. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going number one. Well, yeah, I'll start from five. So five, even though they lost, I'm going to go Tampa Bay because, I mean, they still got Thomas Patrick, okay? When in doubt, they still got Thomas Patrick over there. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay five, four. I'm going to have the cards um, just because the cards are – I mean, they're arguably in the best division, and they're winning. The, they are up in the best division in football right now. Um, number three, I'm going Green Bay. All right. Number two, James. I really don't want to do this. I really don't. Yeah. Number two is Dallas. Them Cowboys, I tell you. I hope y'all lose in the playoffs. I really do. I just they will. I, like, I, just, I I can't believe I put y'all there, but Dallas is a well oiled machine good, right man. now. They they get takeaways. They bend. They they bend the mess out of you, but they don't break for some odd reason. I wish they broke in half, but they don't break. <laughs> and number one, I'm going to Bills, um, just because they the most complete football team out of all of them. So that's that's my that's my five, man. Mm-mm. You ain't put the Packers up there? Uh, I have Packers at three. Yeah, that's my thought. I missed that. Yeah, I have Packers at three. Okay, Coach Murph. Well, I mean, our number five is the same. 
they had the the Bucks haven't been looking so hot. So, um, but at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady, and I feel like the the defense is going to. I mean, they're just dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, but I feel like they're they're going to once they get closer to like playoff mode, that things is just going to skyrocket. Um, number four, I have the Bills. I mean, I feel like they're self-explanatory. They did have that hiccup against the Jags, but, I mean, the Bucks had a hiccup against Washington. So, I mean, it happens to the best of them. And, plus, it's just it's just been a weird season all around this year. Like, this one is a lot stranger than the COVID season at this point. Uh, with all the upsets and craziness happening. Number three, unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I mean, you just can't argue what they've been doing, uh, and they've been doing on both sides. Uh, Michael Parsons is looking amazing <laughs> on, on the defensive end, and Dak looks like he didn't miss a step after you know being out all the last year. They're on a hot streak right now. I got to go with the Tennessee Titans. That defense is looking serious. And they're they're doing a way better than I thought they would without Derrick Henry. And, I mean, Julio was in and out of the lineup. He only had, like, one good week with them anyways. I think it was, like, week two or three. So – it was 12 uh, on 10 two weeks ago. I just want y'all to know that. It was 12 <laughs> on 10. <laughs> Stafford was on the other team. It was with the Titans. He was on the other team. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then number one, I got the Packers. I mean, we we just saw that their week one was just an anomaly, and now Aaron Rodgers is just like, all right, I'm I'm back. He's on his cam. He's I'm back. So – that's what. That's my uh, top five. Gotcha. I forgot about Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll follow suit since we're going five to one. Five. I have the Rams still um, because personal opinion. Because even I, I picked the Rams last or the 49ers last week. I think it's a. It was more of a matchup issue for you guys. Because right, we soft, we soft. You're right. Continue. They're more of a finesse team, and pretty much the 49ers, all they their hope, only hope is the bully. That's what they did. So yeah. I think it was just more of a matchup issue, more so than just them just falling off the board. Because that, to me, that talent is just that's a lot of talent on your roster, man. Just can't overlook that. That's why I have them slightly over. Like, if I had to do an honorary mention, I'll put Tampa at six just because I think that Washington loss was just – I just didn't like it. It just didn't look good. They shouldn't lose that game like that, in my opinion. So that's why I have them six and I have the Rams five. Um, four, I have the Titans. I've been impressed with what they've done without Derrick Henry. Um, so that's why I have them at number four. Number three, I'm having at the Cardinals. Um, you know, I think they're kind of polarizing because people think they're not as good as they think they are or whatever, but 
I think it's been impressive with the injuries that they've had the last two weeks, specifically Kyler Murray being out. They've been one and one. So that's been decent. Um, two, I'm going to go to the Cowboys. You guys have already said that they're playing pretty well right now. Seems pretty, seems like something is different. So we'll see. Um, and then number one, I just have, I have the Packers. Um, pretty much self-explanatory there. They had the best record in what I feel is the best conference right now is, you know, the NFC. So that's why I have them at number one. Um, yeah. So no bills. I, that Jags loss really bothered me, even though it's been a weird season, but Josh Allen, you put up six points, six, six, six. No, why? Cause they had maybe Von Miller on the other side. I mean, but like it's not like they have Jalen Ramsey Jaguars. They have the real Josh Allen. I guess so. I guess so. But that that just even though they beat the Chiefs and we can talk, you know, the Chiefs are up and down as well. But I'm like that. No, no, no. Mm -mm. I can't mm -mm. can't put you in there. No, not with that. That loss alone, like it's going. I need like a few weeks removed before I even reconsider you back in there. It's just, it's just too much. It's too, too much scar tissue there. I can't. Mm -mm. Not that loss. My list is that's my top five. That's your top five. Okay, mine isn't too far off. Just some movements. Uh, I have Rams at number five as well. Um, Matchups, man. Start the matchups. They, they beat Tampa Bay head to head, so I'm not going to put them above. Tampa Bay had a bad loss. Uh, this past weekend, I think if they played the Bills, which would be a kind of like maybe a, on some people's list, a top six team, I think they Buffalo because Buffalo has not looked impressive until maybe last week because they just found out how to get Stefan Diggs the ball again. Don't ask me why it's been taking them so long to do that. I can't trust it. Their defense has been Allen. solid all year. Their defense has been solid all year because if, you're to, if your quarterback fails to put any touchdowns on the on the team, and if you say, "Oh man, they lost to the Jaguars," it's like, "Dang, how many points did the Jaguars have to put up to beat them?" Nine. <laughs> so through your team constantly going three and out the whole dang game, your defense still only gave up nine points. Like so, I I, I respect the Bills' defense, but I can't trust their offense. They haven't showed us consistency yet this season. So. I, I put the Rams. I trust the Rams more than those two teams what is uh, wrong? right now. What, so. what is wrong with y'all? I really need that. What is wrong? Hey, we show a love to your team. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Yeah. They, they beat Tampa Bay head to head. Like I, so I got to I gotta do that. No, I bet I, you, I, I bet you Matthew Stafford wouldn't look like that against the Washington defense. He wouldn't look like I don't Tom know Rick. what he looked like because I had <laughs> like that last week either. Um, okay, well, they, the Rams are going to bounce back. They have a bye week. They're going to get, get themselves together. Um, above that, I'm going to keep it in the NFC, and I have the Cowboys. Speaking of losses, questionable losses, that Denver loss is still fresh in my mind. The fact that you got shut out in the first half, and you really didn't put any points up until the fourth quarter, I believe it was, and you lost me some money, yeah, you at number four. Really beat them. 
You know what I'm saying? So that that kind of bothers me because this wasn't the three and and0 Broncos that started off the season where we're like, oh, okay, maybe. No, this is the Broncos that was getting mopped. No Von Miller. And it was 19 to nothing at one point in time in that game. Like, okay. So, anyways, but other games, they play well this season, enough for a number four spot. They're a dangerous team. The Titans are my number three. Uh, I agree with you all. The Titans have been really good without King Henry. You know, the people talking about like, oh, he needs to be MVP. So you think about you losing an MVP caliber player on your team and you're still able to get wins. Um, so they got to, you know, win against the Rams, you know. So that's a, that's a hallmark win for that for that season. Adrian Peterson is good to see him back in uniform. Side note. You know, Derrick Henry still is number one or two in most rushing statistics, and he hasn't been able to run in two and a half weeks. Crazy. Like, when I saw that. 300 yards, you know that, right? When he went yeah. out. You yeah. Been there 300 yards, yeah. Yes. Like, that's, that's amazing. So, number two, I have the Cardinals. Uh, you know, they have – you know, gotten, you know, got the injury bug a little bit the last few weeks. I do agree with Coach Matty T. You go one and one. That's not bad. Carolina's hype with the return of Cam Newton. You didn't see that coming. You really couldn't plan for it either. So, and you don't have your starting quarterback on the other side. So I I understand why, you know, that, you know, Colt McCoy looked good one week, looked like trash the next. So, uh, but that leaves uh, with the Packers at number one. Just looking at the different ways that they are able to beat you, they did have their hiccup week, um, but they can beat you through the air. You know, like, oh, no Aaron Jones, what are they going to do? That's where your boy A.J. Dillon comes into play, Coach Coach Pace. It's like they didn't miss a beat at all. They didn't miss a beat. So, And he hasn't even gotten the ball to Robert Tanya, you know, consistently this season. He said, you know he uh, done for the season, right? Yeah, he's done. That's right. That's right. He's done. But he doesn't even have his weapon. He didn't get it to him when he was healthy, really. But yeah, he definitely not get it to him now. He's on IR. So like, yeah, you're without your 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 second best receive quote unquote receiver. You know, you got Devontae Adams and Tanya was that number two guy coming off last season. You know, so the fact that they're able to win, you know, and they did edge out the Cardinals in the head to head. So uh that's that's that. So it's nice, it's gonna be nice to see what happens next, you know, in these next few weeks as things get continue to get tight. Uh, but I can't put the Bucks in there. I can't put the Chiefs in there. And that Ravens loss to the Dolphins, I can't put that. I can't put them in there either. Sorry. Sorry. I love Lamar, but you got to play complete game. I want you to I want you to start off strong in the first half, just like you do in the second half. I know it's not entirely your fault, but still, you're the best player in the we're going to move into our fast five. So real quick, Colts at Bills. You know what? I'm going with the Colts. I'm going with the Colts in this one, um, 27 to 24. Uh, Coach Pace? That's crazy because I was going with the Colts too. I don't know why, but I just – something tells me Jonathan Taylor and Hines and just Michael Pittman, Carson Wentz just seem to be getting it together. I'm, I'm going with the Colts. Um, 31-28. Coach Murph. I'm going with the Bills, 33-28. Um, I know Carson wins. 
harus nyari sih. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Colts. I just it's something about the Bills that just I'm sorry, man. Yes. I'm trying to come back here next week. Like I said, I move next week, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna find my way here. <laughs> you you might you probably you might be right on the Bills. It's just I, again, I got too much scar tissue from that Jacksonville game. Like I just can't. I know it was daylight savings time that week and whatever. That's the same Cowboys week and. You want to know the funny thing about daylight savings that I just found out like a couple <laughs> weeks ago? It doesn't affect me out here. So when I thought I was going to be late, mm-hmm. I was just like, like I was on the phone with Keith. I was, he was like, I must go get something. He was like, wait, it's starting like 30 minutes. He's like, no, we got like an hour and a half. I'm like, what? what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I man. don't affect us out here. Our second matchup, we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier in Coach Murph's segment. Washington football team at the Carolina Panthers. This was one Coach Murph's potential upsets. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll start Washington 28. I guess Panthers 20. Okay. Coach Natty team. Um yeah, I go the team with no mascot. 24-21. The W. The W. That's all you need to see is the W. <laughs> I just think it's too much for Cam to be start. I, I think he should start, but that's a lot. That's a lot of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Pace. Hey, man. Superman. Oh, Superman King. I'm going with Superman. Now, I don't know how many games I'm going to go with Superman, but this one in particular, I'm going with Superman. And I'm going to go uh, 27-23. I'm rooting for Superman, I'll tell you that. Yes. I, I tried to mellow him. Yes. I I want the Panthers to win this game. Don't worry, they will. Because of Cam Newton. I'm just not sure. I think that whole Ron Rivera thing that we talked about earlier, I, it's hard to play against a coach that knows you better than anyone else. <laughs> It's, it's hard. It's hard. We saw the great Tom Brady get challenged by his coach, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, as much as I want the Panthers to win, uh, I got 23-17 Washington football team. All right. Damn, next- Williams. All right, buddy. <laughs> you might be. You might be the smartest person on 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 the on the podcast right now for that for this one. If if uh, the Panthers you didn't say that about me for the last pick, I was the only one to pick the Bills. Why can't I be the smart? That wasn't a smart pick, Coach. Right? That, was smart... <laughs> <laughs> that was not a smart. Man, I'll be hating, man. <laughs> this one is going to be interesting. I, at the very least, it's going to be a very entertaining game. Can't wait to watch it. We have the Cowboys. At the Chiefs. Now, if this was last year, I think unanimously, unanimously, it would be a no-brainer. Chiefs have struggled. Are they six and four this season? The Cowboys are, are um, you know, looking pretty good. I, I think the difference in this one is because the Chiefs are going to be at home. I think that's going to be the difference, but it's going to be a 33-31 type of game. 
I just think that the uh, the Chiefs, this will be Mahomes, like one of his signature games that he's going to have. Maybe. Well, now nah, he's going to start on. He's going to start. <laughs> All right. Um, Coach Pace, what do you have on this one? Hey, I'm going with the. Hey, I'm going with the boys. We them boys. I'm going with the boys. We're going to go 38-33. Nice. Nice. Coach Natty T. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs 34-31, really because I think they have to win this game. But the Cowboys can still lose it. They're in the NFC East. They're, they'll be fine, but – Man, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have to win this game. Like, if they don't win, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they got to It's a muscle win for the Chiefs. That's for times. That's yeah, for times. they have to. Coach Murph? I'm going with the Chiefs, 35-33. Uh, I'm with Coach Natty T's desperation. Also, just like the Ron Rivera thing, uh, Andy Reid spent many years in the NFC East. So... Coach Pace, you realize if the Cowboys and the Panthers win, you got two two picks up on us. You got two picks up on us. Hey, I might put hey, I might pull up to the casino next week. <laughs> and lose your money. <laughs> and lose your money. <laughs> hey man, listen, I might hit. I might hit. So this next one's intriguing. Kyler Murray's supposed to start. Is D-Hop a game-time decision? I, I didn't get a chance to check before the show, but he may or may not be playing. We have the Cardinals in Seattle visiting the Seahawks coming out this Seahawks embarrassing loss. So, Coach Natty T, is this the time where Russell Wilson and his 19 hours of rehab per day, <laughs> did they bounce back in this game against no, the Cardinals? Oh, man. That's tough. 28-17. I hate Coach Murphy. <laughs> I'm going Seattle. Uh, <laughs> Seattle 28-23. I think he's going to try to bounce back from that ugly game against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Coach Pace. Yeah, I'm going with the Cardinals. De- depending on if Kyler plays, if he plays, I'm going Cardinals 34-20. Okay. I'm with the Cardinals as well. As long as Kyler plays, I think it would be um, uh, a 27 to 17 type of game. So this is the second one I'm by myself. Am I the smartest? Never mind. Yeah, about it. No, that's that's a bad pick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Seahawks put zero points up last week. <laughs> that's why they're gonna bounce back. Picking Atlanta next week. I think they just got sent out by the <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know what, Coach JP3? All I got to say is this. Somebody is playing off their winnings, and somebody isn't. <laughs> next, next question. <laughs> and the saddest part about that, I can't say nothing back to him because, like, there is just it, – it's the, the football guys have been against me all season, and I've only won two, thing, two entries this entire season. Oh, Tom Brady hates me. He do. He does. Tom Brady. Every time I like bet on him, he loses, and every time I bet against him, he wins. 
that's for me with Josh Allen. Whenever I pick the over on his touchdowns, he throws none. So, <laughs> hey, just like Coach Natty T said earlier, either all in or not in at all. <laughs> That's how he treats me. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to do my inner Russell Wilson and do my Bible verse. You know, don't be lukewarm, hot or cold, my friend. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you ain't going to see the king. We have my finger for 19 hours. <laughs> <laughs> last but not least we'll throw a little college football as you know we all have some roots to ohio in some way shape or form we've all lived there at one point uh michigan state number seven michigan state is coming to the horseshoe in columbus ohio to play the number five ranked buckeyes coach natty t what's gonna happen tomorrow yeah i got ohio state um I'm a, I was a little surprised by the betting line. Though. It was like minus 19 for Ohio State. I was like, damn. That's I mean, yeah, I'm like, Michigan State is number seven. But, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't think it's going to be – I mean, I guess it could be, but I don't think it's going to be, like, that high of a disparity. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I got Ohio State 34 – 34-28. Okay. Coach Merck? 4528. Okay. Coach Pace. It don't matter the score. I'm going Buckeyes by two touchdowns. Y'all can pick the score because we scoring at least 40. <laughs> <laughs> All I got to say is this is an unbiased podcast. No, I'm biased. I'm biased. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I try to keep it objective. Y'all know I hate Ohio State. But I'll, listen, I. I'll pick them to win because they're top three program ever in college football. So there's no denying that. I'm worried, fellas. I'm worried. I we're both nine and one. I get that. We've had losses that people did both had losses that people didn't see coming. The fact is when we lost. The Oregon running back ran it down our throat the entire game, and we couldn't do anything about it. And you got a Heisman Trophy-worthy type of candidate in Kenneth Walker on the other side of Michigan State, who really no one's been able to stop him. I'm a little worried. And what I've seen so far from our offense is when things get tight, we make mistakes. Stroud, this is his first year, you know, I get it. But I haven't seen him really deliver in crunch time. It's one thing playing with a lead. It's another thing playing when the game is tight, smash mouth football. Michigan State might create that type of game. If they do, they're going to beat us in Ohio. You should write a book. (laughs) It sounds good. It sounds good. They am blown out. <laughs> so I'm worried. I'm really worried. Um, I'm going to be the eyeball and call uh, Michigan State actually to do the upset at the horseshoe. I'm going to go 33 to 30. That's why you ain't winning no money. Who does that? No, I know they're talking about me picking Seattle. I don't bet on college football. You talk, you talk about me picking Seattle and you pick – 
Michigan State? <laughs> Seattle Man. didn't put any points up last week. Michigan I don't. State nine and one. I don't Man. care. Man. No, <laughs> I don't care. Man, I, hope you know. <laughs> I hope you know Michigan State is in the bottom ten in all of college football and pass defense, right? I've seen I've seen I seen mad great backs come into the horseshoe and before, before you settle in on this pit. Pit. Nah, nah, I want him to stay on this hill so I can grill him next week when they get blown out by 40. All right, like, they'll they'll, they'll cover. Oh, shoot, they'll lose by at least 19. But. Hey, man, it's saying something. You know how much I hate Ohio State? And hey, you actually picked Michigan State. <laughs> I picked Ohio State. <laughs> I think there's a full moon out tonight as well, so that might have something to do with it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be sick, bro. I will say this though: I do love uh, Michigan State's coach because you know he's holding. Oh yeah, down. shout out there's to Mel very Few of us, you know, that's head bad. coaches in college football, and yeah. he's he's doing a good job. So he's doing a really good I, job. yeah, yeah. I think honestly, he may. I mean. If he won this game, like man, I, there's probably gonna be some NFL franchises calling. I would think. Y'all heard about that contract they're trying to give him, right? Uh, what, what a little bit. Ten years, ninety-five. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. That's what I like to see. Yeah. No Tucker. Get yeah, that we'll man. See. Yeah. Right. So I do. You know, from that perspective, I would. That'll be nice if Michigan State won, just because you know, listen. Uh-huh. You just keep it, yeah. You can keep it close. They're like, well, you if know, you keep it keep close, they'll, they'll still respect you. They'll still respect. Right. You. Just keep it respectable. Just keep it close. Yeah. 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 Keep it respectable. All right. So, you know, ten to fourteen points. Ten to fourteen <laughs> point respectable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Another episode of the Coach's Box. I know this one. We had a lot of material to get through. A lot of things going on. Uh, so continue. Uh, you know to hit us up with, with your show ideas. We really appreciate the engagement that we've been getting on social media uh, and the love we've been getting on our videos from TikTok to Instagram. I appreciate all that from our international listeners. Really appreciate y'all. Uh, we like to cover international topics too. So if there's anything y'all like to see, C-Box Podcast, go ahead and hit us up. We'll try our best to get it on the, on the next show. Uh, so with that being said, on behalf of Coach Natty T, Coach Murph, and Coach Pace, I'm your host, Coach JP3. Stay blessed. Stay safe, y'all. Peace.